It's your life. It's your life. It's your life. I'm Sade. Welcome to It's Your Life, where amazing things happen only if you let them. In this podcast, I speak to millennials like myself, young people who are still figuring out their lives while also obsessively planning the next steps. Tune in now. Welcome to yet another episode of It's Your Life while we continue the series, The Millennial Mindset. Today, I have Taylor Trombley, founder hey. of, hey, <laughs> uh, founder of The Minimalist Map and Traveler Extraordinaire, if you can call it. Uh, Taylor is a 25-year-old aspiring nomad who's already lived abroad twice and circuited 12, more than 12 countries. Growing up in a family of women, she never felt like she couldn't do something, including solo traveling for the first time when she was just 19. After the after that, the addiction was set. Exploring and discovering new places became her passion. Cultural exchange is a part of her life now, whether it takes form in traveling, languages, or teaching English, her three passions. With this, anyone can succeed given the right tools, attitude. Taylor is currently in charge of her own blog. The Minimalist Map, both a play on her love of travel and a guide on how to live with less stress. Her expertise covers not just physical decluttering, but also mental and emotional, all equal parts of a whole. If traveling has taught her anything, it's that decluttering your life has huge benefits and leaves room for more important things like loved ones and self-care. Mindful acquisition and keeping what sparks joy is in the name of her game. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. Wowza. What an introduction. <laughs> what an introduction. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, as I was reading that, I was like, is she kind of like Yanla? Is she going to fix my life? You know, if I kind of tell her all the things that I have and she's just going to go in and like make everything minimalist because I need that right now. <laughs> Yo, it's not for everyone, but everyone should look into it. <laughs> yeah. But you got to consider it at least once, you know. At least once. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, So there's so much, you know, good bits and pieces that I want to get into um, okay. on this episode. Um, a big part of me that sort of stuck out was when you were talking about having solo traveled for the first time when you were 19 and then sort of it always being a part of your life. Like how, how did you see that from, cause for some people they have that experience and they're like, okay, no, like, or I've done that, you know, so young when I was younger. And so I just kind of want to be stable now, but you find yourself always infusing that all throughout your life, whether like you were saying teaching English, which I know you still do now, um, mm -hmm. learning different languages or just traveling. When I first went abroad, it actually wasn't by my own accord. I was coaxed into it by mm -hmm. a good friend. Um, we're not friends anymore. But at first she was studying abroad in Leeds and wanted me to come visit. So she said, wouldn't it be fun to do a month long trip around Europe? And I have never been anywhere um, outside the country, aside from Jamaica, where my family's from, like mm -hmm. a few times when I was young. So going there, I kind of at first had just hoped it would be a fun trip between friends. But actually, as it turned out, she kind of bailed on the trip, which was a blessing and a curse because Whoa. I say it was kind of the best worst trip of my life because it sparked my love for travel, but at a cost. Um, so it was really interesting. So I had hopes that taking this leap I was always kind of a non-confrontational shy kind of person I hadn't really had much time to be uh 
that much of a problem solver because I haven't been through too much turmoil, so that's fortunate. But after I had hoped that going abroad would help me get out of my shell a little bit, I guess we all do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that story of like you, you're supposed to go on this trip and then you ended up going solo. That's funny because that's how I first started traveling um, solo where we both had planned it and it was going to be a big group of us. And then I was just like, all right, it's not working out. I just need to go ahead and do my own thing. And now you're just like doing this all the time. So it's totally fine. <laughs> oh my God, it was a mess, but it was a, be- it was a, beautiful mess because like i like i said in my opinion a lot more people can do more than they think and you never really know until it happens right so Mm. when you're plopped in that situation it's really the only time that your true colors come out so me Mm. thinking i was not as independent and as much of a problem solver as i actually was Mm -hmm. in my head put into application by force yeah (laughs) was a really good a really good learning experience for me yeah of course of course (laughs) Um, and I kind of, I want to circle back to the beginning when we talked about, uh, your blog, The Minimalist Map, and I wanted, like, how did you get started with that? Um, have you always incorporated minimalism into your life? Um, even going back to college days, you know, like, how did you decide to go about this? So the reason it's actually called The Minimalist Map is for two things. It, um, it is, of course, focused on minimalism, but the map part is Mm. it's kind of half part a guide to minimalism but also how I found minimalism you know abroad and the first time I realized first it actually I had a travel blog but it was kind of amateur and it was just chronicling my time for my family and friends when I moved to Argentina I was moving around a lot between apartments and finally I looked at one of my roommates and she had brought three to four suitcases of stuff she was when she was packing up to move she was drowning in her stuff and I was like that is a nightmare and I looked at my stuff and I was like you know what I don't even need half of this yeah and so just out of pure I've never been a person to like a lot of clutter I don't like when I can't keep track of my stuff I don't like when I have more things and it's just easier to move around so I literally just chucked half my stuff before I moved to my next place and all I had was a large kind of like a large uh, duffel because I did have to transition between seasons so I had big coats I had to pack up yeah. a large duffel and like a backpack and then that was it for like a year's worth of clothes yeah and that was all I needed to be honest and once I got rid of it my my brain had just completely cleared out and then I kind of thought to myself this I'd always been interested in minimalism I'd always read about it and I finally applied some of the things I learned and I was like this has completely changed not only my energy but my productivity. Mm. So I was like, how can I tell more people who probably think that it's either number one, something only rich people can do, or number two, yeah. something that they just don't think is going to have that many benefits. Yeah. You don't even realize until you do it. Right. And I, I think that story kind of speaks out because I don't think you realize how much stuff you have until you're moving. And you really you're don't. Going you're going really to a new place <laughs> and you're like, where, like, when was the last time I wore this? And like, why do I still have this from like four years ago? And Uh what is important to me? Because I think that's when you kind of start thinking and really sort of thinking critically, okay, what is actually important to me for this next place? Do I really want to carry all this stuff? And some people Uh do, but with you at a pace that when you're traveling constantly and always have to find, I guess, or make your own new home and own space, you have Uh to be able to find that sort of, I guess, centering space that is yours, but it doesn't mean that, you're still, you're going to be filled with clutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ability to pick up and go 
is not only in a short amount of time, but also with the things that you actually need. It takes a literal and mental weight off of you when you're moving around. So that was mainly why I did it. So that's when I started it when I was still in Argentina and then it kind of grew from there. That's awesome. And I've been just watching, I've been watching that progression and just how it's been picking up and I'm so excited for what's going to keep going forward. So it's the minimalistmap.com, right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, And kind of you know you got to practice what you preach so my whole brand is minimalism so at first I started building the website and I was like I don't need half this you know you get excited you're like yeah mm, tab tabs here, menus here. <laughs> and I'm like this is not necessary so at all after after a lot of construction it just is pretty much my blog there are a few resources on there and mm-hmm. then I'm actually starting a new page for you know decluttering consultation so that's pretty much what's those are the only things that are on there. I had a page for book recommendations, but I was like, you know what? That's something I can do just when the time comes. I don't yeah. need to clutter up my page with that. So right. it's a pretty simple website. I love that. Um, yeah. And you mentioned this briefly, but I want to go back to this. How you said that you created this one during your time in Argentina. So mm-hmm. just some background information. Taylor and I used to work together probably like two, three years ago. I feel three. I know. (laughs) Time flies, dude. (laughs) Um, like three years ago, and I literally remember, like, I, I don't, I remember you said like you were going to your friend in Chicago or something, and you're like, oh, and then I go to Buenos Aires, and I was like, wait, okay, like, cause we, we all travel a lot, so I was like, okay, like for a trip, and she's like, no, I'm gonna be living there, and I was like, what? Dude, everybody claims I didn't tell anyone that I was going, but I swear I made an announcement. (laughs) Yeah, the month before, FYI, like, I'm leaving. That's my style, I guess. I just yeah. I don't tell anyone. Exactly. You're like, it's too much, you know? Not um, a great habit, but. <laughs> and you were going to move there for almost a year, to live there for almost a year, um, mm-hmm. teaching English, I believe. And mm-hmm. I want to just talk about, like, what, at that point in your life, like, what were you feeling? Were you with your job and things like that? And what prompted you to say, okay, I'm just going to get up and go? Well, going back briefly, after I took that trip when I was 19, I kind of caught the travel bug and I was like, this feeling of just exploring new places and figuring things out, navigating is amazing and it's addictive. So I had traveled after that. I went to South America with my friend. I went back to Europe. I studied abroad in France. So after all of that, I started working at the study abroad office because I was like, well, this is the closest I could get to living abroad without actually living abroad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And But after a while, and I loved that job. That was amazing because I was helping people do what I wanted to do, basically. Mm. But after a while, I kind of, I would send, I would help them and I'd just watch them go and do it. And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) I started to get kind of, not, I wouldn't say jealous, but more just like envious, maybe a little Mm. bit of, you know, not being abroad again. So after a year there, I was like, this was an amazing job, an amazing experience. I appreciate it, but I, I got to do this. And actually, my um, the master's program I'm looking to do for translation actually requires you to live in the countries you're, of the language you'll be speaking yeah. for at least six months. So that yeah. also was, it was kind of like birds and stones for me at that point. After that, I don't know what this pick up and go attitude I have is. I don't know when I developed it, but I, it's part of because at that point I had started to really get rid of the material possessions and I was like, well, I don't own that much stuff. I have the money to buy the ticket. Let's just start doing it. Um, 
And I just, I, I guess I, I always feel, I've always felt independent. I've never felt like I've had to ask anyone to do things, you know, after I started becoming an adult. It just, whatever yeah. I wanted to do, I wanted to do it. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing it for me and I didn't want to waste any time. Yeah. Like don't ask for permission for those things. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how it, how it happened, how it was birthed, I suppose. Right. And mm-hmm. so you get to Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember we would set up like these like monthly calls just to like update each other <laughs> on like life and like what's going on. And I just remember you talking about your students and different things that you noticed about specific to Argentinian culture um, and sort of just navigating that. And towards the end, and I remember we were just talking about sort of the goals that, you know, because you have those friends that you talk to you about the things that you want to do and your goals and what have you. And you had just mentioned, this is how sort of Minimalist Map sort of got started from the tail end of this trip about how you just said that you kind of felt a little bit unprepared on sort of going into it. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. So the first time I really lived abroad was when I studied abroad in college. But that experience was different because it was a structured program. I was with a director. I had other students with me in the same boat. Uh, I had classes. It was kind of a you know, it was a structured thing. This was really just me picking up and going to Argentina with essentially no plan. I mean, I had a loose plan, but I, I luckily had a place to live with someone I knew that actually worked for the university. And I didn't really have a job set because you have to go there and interview. Mm. So it's not like a lot of Asian countries where you teach abroad, they can interview you over Skype and then you have a job and then you go. Yeah. Um, so this was a little wonky and, um, I well yes I, I remember this you you yeah. were saying that you were moving and you didn't have a job yet yeah, wait now and, this is definitely <laughs> coming back to me so, <laughs> some people might call that like uh, brave <laughs> others have been calling it real stupid so <laughs> it's a it's a numbers game um mostly people come up to me and tell me how courageous I am and it's funny because I'm not that's not meant to be braggy but I truly sit there and I'm like Honestly, that was so dumb yeah. to do that. But but I'm glad it came off as courageous. I'm glad I could spend that. Energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but mainly the less glamorous part of this experience, I suppose, was being unprepared. Going back to study abroad when I was there, it was all kind of structured. This was real loose, and I really had to take care of myself. I mean, I, I'm growing up, my family never had m- much money, so. Um, so my mom, she got pregnant young, so we kind of we were struggling for a little bit there, but I mean, she made it clear, you know, once you're adults, you pay for your own stuff. So I didn't have any lifeline, I guess I would say going over there. And I knew that, so I would, I wouldn't be able to ask anyone for money. So I saved up as much as I could. Um, and I want to say that was around like two or 3000, um, going there, I think to pay the first rent, first month's rent, a little bit of groceries, and I was hoping to find a job quickly. I will say that you really need to be prepared in the way where you don't need to wait forever, Yeah. but you do need to make sure that, eh, listen, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go with more than I even think I could possibly need because you mm. just do not know what is going to happen. You are not in your country anymore. You go over there. You don't know what to expect. Um, things work differently. I found a job a lot later than I thought. Uh, rent was higher than I thought. They were going through an economic crisis, you know, inflation. T- 
tickets places like and you don't just want to survive you want to thrive I think that was my only regret oh, wow. is I didn't prepare myself enough financially yeah and because you don't, don't want to get there though. and it's like oh I can't do this or I can't like I have enough to just do what I can or what I need but mm-hmm. I can't do all these great things that are available to me while I'm here exactly and you want to make the most of your experience and I always thought that these kinds of things like gap years and just moving abroad was for rich kids or people who had, you know, safety nets. Yeah. Which it's, it's true to an extent, but on the flip side of that is you, you don't have to be rich to do it. You just really need to think to yourself, could I survive? Yes. But is that really what you're going over there to do? Mm. I wasn't going over there to survive. I was going over there to, to thrive, to do more. So I didn't get to take the classes I wanted I didn't get to go out as much I didn't want to do to travel as much when Mm -hmm. I was there so Mm -hmm. the freedom comes at a price and you just kind of have to decide for yourself is that going to be okay and to be honest you know if I'm just surviving over there what's the difference between me being there and what I'm doing here I'm just doing it in a different setting that's not what I wanted so my recommendation would be definitely do it but if I had had a few more months to to save up all the money I needed to be comfortable, I think that would have been a little better. Yeah. But that definitely doesn't take away from the experience that you had. Oh, of course not. Yeah. No. And it, it would only have added. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And now that, you know, since it's been a while since you've returned back, um, how do you still approach life in I guess the same manner that you did when you were there you know just all throughout because I always ask this question of how do you live a bold life but um really what I'm asking is how do you approach life without a sense of fear and sort of confident confidently walk into your next sort of assignment or your next purpose if you have an answer for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's getting real in here yeah <laughs> um you know i do have an answer for that I, being an adult honestly you, and i'm not even a full adult yet but i say that just as growing up people can't really they can tell you what might happen but they can't prepare you for the experience that's the whole point right mm. you have to experience it for yourself so if I were to say that for me, living a bold life or walking around with the confidence I have is just, it's almost the opposite. I'm, I'm confident in the things I'm afraid of. So I kind mm. of take whatever I'm afraid of and I just roll with it because I often, I have this problem personally where I get down on myself if I, I think maybe I'm not good enough for a certain job or they're not going to give me a chance. I, I just don't even try or like I, it's too hard. So I think maybe it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. After I started traveling, I kind of realized why am I not practicing what I preach? The same approach I take for traveling where I just go and do it and I yeah. deal with it. Why am I not doing that with the rest of my life? So so I just start doing things. And honestly, that sounds so simple and stupid, but it's really the only way you will ever know that you can do something is by doing it. Mm-hmm. And you can't sit there for too long because the longer you sit there and contemplate it, the less you're going to want to actually go and do it because you're always going to find reasons not to do something. Yeah, absolutely. So, so my my fear of failure has actually been the most driving point for me whenever I either travel or try something new or apply for a new job. I just have to think to myself, I am on this earth to 
live my life to add to my community and to make sure that I get the most out of it. So if I'm not doing the things that I actually think I want to do or things I'm interested in, what am I, I'm not serving myself. I'm not serving other people, um, with my experiences. So I, I guess daily I walk around embracing my failure. Mm. I think that's the most important thing is just that, I mean, failure always sucks because you've, you're afraid of, you know, being judged for it or people are going to look at you like you don't know what you're doing. But a lot of people don't know what you're doing and you never think about that. So you just have to do it. Just like, just go and do it. Just go and do it. <laughs> that sounds so like Nike. Nike. Like, I'm-, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to steal their stuff. But, it's but I mean, Nike, if you would throw a sponsorship on there, you know, um, my Twitter information. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. That's like the only thing I know to be true. It's just, if you want to know if you can do something, you better just do it. You better just do it. <laughs> Don't even think about whether you could, honestly, like that mm. is, that, if traveling solo and having all these, you know, terrible predicaments happen to me, it has taught me anything. It's that you, anyone can do anything given the tools. Yeah. I just feel like people, you know, people think they can't do things because of, because they haven't ever had to. Yeah. And that's the, that's the difference. Mm. If you've never had to do it, I guess, mm. why would you think you could? Yeah. And sometimes you need to, if you feel as though you're in sort of this um, zone where I sort of call it the comfort zone, you need to be, you need to purposely, sometimes we're pushed into that, out of that, where circumstances, you know, environments, whatever it is, push us out of our comfort zone. But other times you have to make a conscious decision to push yourself outside of what you know and what is comfort to you and what is familiar to you and push yourself out so that you can seek all those new experiences and grow in different ways that uh you've not that you haven't had before frankly yeah exactly and you taking the first step will the rest will come because Mm. that's you know I recommend to anyone who thinks that they cannot travel especially women this was my biggest concern growing up with a house of women like you said, I never felt, they never made me feel like I couldn't accomplish anything. So when I tell other young women that I, about my travels, especially the solo ones, they kind of look at me like, well, aren't you worried about X, Y, and Z? You know, because that is a real fear for young women going abroad. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's not a, that's not fake news or anything, yeah. unfortunately. But I always tell them, I'm like, you know what, that's true. But I am smart enough and I'm sure you're smart enough to just be aware of yourself, obviously be alert, but don't, don't let that stop you because then you're just feeding into, you know, what's stopping you from actually going and doing. And then the next girl that asks you about your travels, you can tell her the same thing. And it's kind of like a domino effect. I'm hoping that more women, especially young women and especially young women of color, if you're traveling to really just think, and not everyone has this luxury based on whatever your experience is with life, but I just want people to think that yeah you know what I'm a woman I'm young uh, uh, there's concerns but I'm gonna do this Mm -hmm. because I want to and that confidence will take you a long way because it took me a long way yeah so that and I know that's easier said than done so I would and again this doesn't come from just sitting around (laughs) this comes from doing it I don't think I would have had I don't think I would be the same person if I hadn't taken that first trip even though as afraid as I was especially when my friend bailed I was like I've never been to Europe before. Yeah. And so many things happen. I mean, I, when I say like I left my passport in another country, 
Mm. I was slightly accosted in the Spanish Square in, in Madrid. <laughs> I um, I was stuck in a Russian airport for 24 hours with no money because wow. I'd missed my flight. Like, these things just kept piling on. Yeah. And there there were times where I was just like, I I feel so helpless. Yeah. But you just pull yourself together. And you can get it. And I made it. And you can, so you can get out of anything. I mean, you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to. This is the end for me, but but it's it's and it never has to be that severe. But yeah. any problem you come across, you can do it because you have to do it out of necessity. Also, mm. and it's really enjoyable. Like pro- solving your own problems, there's nothing like that feeling. It's nothing to it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, there's <laughs> that feeling. That feeling of solving your own problems yourself is that is my favorite feeling, and I think that's why. I keep putting myself in these. Yeah. Purposefully, yeah, absolutely. I I don't want to leave my passport in other countries, but, you know, it was my first time abroad, so I don't, but I'm glad those things happened. I honestly am. They were terrible when they happened, but I'm so glad they did. Exactly, exactly. And I think that um, it's hopefully you're not stuck in a Russian airport, you know, like Yo. anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, but, I learned my lesson. Yeah, Change but you learn watch to the current time, yeah. the local time. But, but I think what's interesting is that I feel like after you do dealt with so many sort of unexpected things, or you look back and it's funny now, but your approach to when other issues of the day arise or things happening at work or even major things that people are like aren't you concerned about this you're just like you're gonna figure a way out like you're like I'll figure a way out of it like it's fine because you've dealt with other major much more sort of um present issues and that's the relativity fear is that people and people in worse circumstances than I would yeah. say the same thing about my worst circumstances oh yeah they're like they're you know they're like I well I've dealt with something worse than that so I could certainly do this and and that's the whole thing. I uh, daily I go through my life, and if something happens, I'm like, you know what? It's happening. This is mm. happening. I need to do my best to fix it. Yeah. But I'm not gonna beat myself up internally. I just need to deal with it and move on. Because what's that really doing for you? Mm. It's it's not you know learn from it. Say to yourself, it's not a lack of discipline. Just say to yourself, look, you made a mistake. Yeah. You made a mistake, and and own up to it. Say I made a mistake, and that's all it is to it. We got to learn from it and let's press on. Yeah. And that's pretty much day to day. Like, you know, that, yeah. that's a really good philosophy to, to use. That's a good point. Right. It's like, how up. are we, how are we just going to pivot from this? It's not, we're not going to dwell on it. You know, like whatever it is, it's like, how do we just like, okay, what's next? You know? Cause it's like, there's no point in dwelling in it or settling in it. Instead, you're just like, okay, let's find a solution about it. I will say it's really easy to drown yourself in self-pity and self-loathing if you're the kind of person who I'm trying to get out of, the kind of person who really beats himself up over stuff. So yeah. it is easier said than done. Yeah. But once you do it, it's it's like exercising. You know, the thought of it makes you cringe if you haven't done it in a while. But once you do it once, you get that momentum that makes a difference. So if you can just forgive yourself for one thing, no matter what it is, you can move on from there. Hmm. Forgive yourself for one thing, one mistake, and then keep going and then do another one. And then they'll each snowball. And by the time, you know, hopefully soon enough, you'll start just, that's just how you'll react to Hmm. things. I love this. This was, I'm (laughs) so glad we finally got a time to put down and to just talk. And hopefully other people are going to get inspiration from this as well. 
Um, can you please just remind us of like your handles for your website and any other things that you're, what are you working on now or where is life taking you next? Ooh, yeah. So, so I am going back to that, uh, masters of translation. Hopefully I get to start that in the spring if I get accepted. Um, and then I'm going to keep going with my blog. I've taken a bit of a break, but I'm just busy. I've been working a lot, but, um, I mostly blog on my website. You know what's funny? I really am not on social media and yeah. I'm a really terrible business person when it comes to that because <laughs> I myself don't even have a social media account. The only social media account I have is Instagram for my blog. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. my website. And that's it because I had a personal one. You never the, updated the, it. <laughs> no. And the decluttering woman in my head was like, do you need this? Yeah. No. So I deleted yeah. it and I, I'm really not on Facebook. So <laughs> if you... I'm looking for the minimalist it, you map. Know, <laughs> at least, at least I'm sticking to my brand. I can yeah. at least say that. So Instagram is probably what I'm on the most. That's where I put okay. the new blog posts on my story and links and and pictures. And um, I've actually taken on a couple new clients, so I'm gonna start showing you know their before and after photos nice. and their testimonies. Nice. So I'll be working on that. Um, I often take photos of me wearing certain capsule wardrobe pieces or anytime I. I kind of do all-inclusive, so not just stuff. I do mental and emotional decluttering. So I've blogged about dating. I've blogged about friendships and love because you you really can't discount those things. Minimalism as a whole, you're just trying to have less, but having less of everything. It, it really it comes together. So I'm working on sque- putting in more of a mental and emotional component to the decluttering. I love that. Thank you. And we can find this at? You can find this at um, on my website, which is theminimalistmap.com. You can also find it on my Instagram, which is just minimalistmap, and it'll be a picture of me. Um, I've got curly hair, and it's some candid uh, shot. Awesome. <laughs> um, so you can pretty much, and if you, if anyone wants to know any other piece of information or has any questions, I'm always checking my Instagram messaging, and I'm always checking my email, which is just taylor at theminimalistmap.com. Perfect. Thank you so, so much, a, Taylor. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I am really glad we got to do this, finally. I know. Finally, finally, finally. This is fun. This is yes. fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the newest season of It's Your Life. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and share with others. And always remember, it's your life.